now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends with the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. SocialSuperFlex.com. BWB, what's up? Welcome to the January 2nd edition of One Nation Radio. This is Rich. I'm sitting here with Joshua Smith. Josh, what's going on, man? Oh, yeah, baby. It's Josh, not James. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, what up, James? Uh, we're gonna, today we're going to talk about the um, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 11 show. Uh, James doesn't really watch New Japan as close as we do, so we figured, and you know... And I've only got two words for him. We're taking over. <laughs> That's three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, man. Um, let's see. S- some ECW for you. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're, I guess we should just begin at the, at the, uh, you know, for those of you guys that don't know about Wrestle Kingdom... Uh, Wrestle Kingdom is the WrestleMania of New Japan. Some like to say WrestleMania is the Wrestle Kingdom of, you know, WWE. Uh, Wrestle- Absolutely. Uh, the first Wrestle Kingdom show I watched was Wrestle Kingdom 9, which I think is possibly the greatest event from top to bottom I've ever watched. Uh, what do you What do you remember about Wrestle Kingdom 9, Josh? Oh, man. Uh, when Suzuki comes out with them white trunks, like it's 1996... Uh huh. And just has a freaking stiff freaking fight with uh oh man who was that my freak my boy from Pride. Um, he fought. It was uh, it was Minoru Suzuki versus Sakuraba. Oh yeah yeah yeah, I dude I love Sakuraba. Yeah that I love that match. I know it's not the best match on the card. I freaking love that match. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it looked real like when I watched that match, it really drove uh, the point home that I was not watching WWE. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but you're not really watching New Japan either. You're watching like UWF, right? With some New Japan flair, but it's it's still amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um. The big thing um, coming from out of Wrestle Kingdom 9, like there was, you know, a couple stars that was there that was, they had a five-star match with Nakamura and Kota Ibushi, who we've gone to learn more about in the, you know, um, coming years after that. Um, Excellent. Uh, Omega and Kenny Omega, Omega made his debut, his New Japan debut at Wrestle Kingdom um, as a full-timer there at Wrestle Kingdom 9. And in two short years, you know, look where he is now. It's amazing how how he builds stars over there. Uh, Started at the bottom. (laughs) uh, And then in the main event, it was Okada defeating or losing to Tanahashi. Uh, Fast forward a year later, uh, Okada finally dethrones Tanahashi. And tell everyone what the importance of this was, Josh. Well, um, when, uh, when Okada first came in, and uh, beat Tanahashi. That was a big deal. 
but they'll do title changes like that. And we'll, we'll get to Naito later, but they did something similar this past year where, you know, they bring a, a star in, they beat the ace, but the ace always gets his win back. And that always been the case with those two guys. The, the important thing was if Okada was going to ascend and take over Tanahashi's place as being the guy, uh-huh. like Roman Reigns, the guy, <laughs> and he had to do it. He had to do it at basically what was their equivalent to WrestleMania. And uh, everyone thought he was going to do it at WrestleMania, or I'm sorry, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom Nine, and it didn't happen. And uh, which was freaking amazing because that match. I actually prefer that match to the Wrestle Kingdom Ten match because mm-hmm. after Okada loses unexpectedly, starts crying. He, goes, he cries all the way to the back. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we'll clown Roman Reigns for crying and all that, but it wasn't really a time to clown Okada. Like, you felt bad for that dude because it was like, he literally hit Tanahashi with everything in that match. Everything. everything. <laughs> like, it was like, man, if you don't win, like, you ain't never going to beat this man. So, so when he does it the, uh, this past January, and he finally uh, overcomes Tanahashi on the grandest stage... It's just storytelling. I mean, I don't remember how many matches they had. I think it's something close to, like, something like, what, nine, ten matches over the course of, I think like, they had three their, years? I think they had their eighth match at the G1, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, like, yeah, last I mean, year's Russell Kingdom was literally the end of the best of seven between them. Gotcha. And I think in between those matches, I think they had one draw, uh, mm-hmm. and... And Tanahashi had been leading, and so that tied them up at that point. So it's just, it's just I, when you watch the match, and if you've watched any of the series, all the callbacks, all the uh, everything that they did was built upon those prior matches. So some people are like, "Oh, this match is." I've I've heard some people be like, "Great match, but it's too long. They overdid it." And it's like, "Nah, man, that's storytelling." Mm-hmm. They freaking had to pull out every, like, Okada had to pull out everything to put Tanahashi down this past January. When he did, it was like, wow, that's, that's pro wrestling. Yeah. And, like, that leads us into our main event of Wrestle Kingdom 11. Um, No more uh, Nakamura, no more AJ Styles, they were done at WrestleMania, or Wrestle Kingdom 10, so. I know, I did that earlier. (laughs) Yeah, um, they they had to create new uh, new stars to basically replace them. And Josh alluded to it earlier. We were talking about the rise of Naito as well as um, the rise of Kenny Omega, who debuted at that aforementioned Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Um, in two short years, Omega has gone from you know just this this kind of comedy character in the junior division that everybody knew was like amazing to him taking over the Bullet Club, winning the G1, being the first, like, gaijin to do it, and being the guy, like, clearly from the night after Wrestle Kingdom 10, they had a plan. It was like, it was to me, it was similar to the Seth Rollins-Roman Reigns deal when they broke up the Shield. It was like, all right, we're, we're going sure. to race. We're going to have you guys race, and whoever's hotter, uh, whoever wins will get the main, main event spot. And, you know, but except the WWE kind of had a get-out-of-jail-free card with that uh, money in the bank. So Rollins ended up winning that race, quote-unquote. And if you look at it this year, uh, Naito was legitimized with his uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship run. As well as, like... And the New Japan Cup. 
Yes, and New Japan Cup, and Los Angobernables basically taking over in his zero-fucks attitude that just, like, led to a million gifts of him throwing the belts in the air, which were <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I love that. Yeah, uh, another thing, too, is I heard that they, uh, I heard that in Japan they are vastly outselling the Bullet Club when it comes to merchandise now. Yes, I, I would I imagine thought. so. Um, and then uh, in Omega Mega's side, you know, he got to win the Intercontinental title earlier in the year by beating Tanahashi, and then he ended up winning the G1. So it was like, you know, they took turns kind of being, you know, it was like, all right, who's going to be at the Tokyo Dome? And it ended up being Kenny Omega. So our main Here, event. Here's, here's something yeah. I want to point out, too, Rich, before we actually talk about the match. Uh, if most people, I went back and I've looked at some of Kenny Omega's stuff, and Kenny Omega for like the last up until now, for the last two to three years, hasn't had any, like, truly, truly classic matches. But when he was in Ring of Honor four or five years ago, he was having classic matches. Um, Which just goes to show me that, and from what I've read and from what I've seen, there's a lot of talent like Kenny Omega, a.k.a. someone like Dolph Ziggler, who's capable of doing amazing things, and sometimes they're just pigeonholed by the booking. You have to give your hats off to the bookers here in New Japan because they had a guy like that. They put him in a role that suited their needs for a period of time. But when it came time, they let that man ascend. Right. Because he could have been doing this two years ago, but everybody has a, has a role, you know? Right. This, they, they picked the right time. And, I mean, look at look at what this guy did match-wise this past year. Like, and it's where been he is nuts. Now. It's Crazy. like he's a walking four points. I say AJ Styles is a walking four-star match, right? Kenny Omega's like a walking 4.75 star match right now. <laughs> and it's just like the, that night that um, he won the G1 and the day before that where he had the five-star match, ironically, with Naito, it was like, yeah. this guy's like the, the next biggest thing in wrestling. Like, it, it was amazing. Uh, but that leads us to our main event at the Wrestle Kingdom um, show. It is uh, Kazuchika Okada. I think I said his name right. Versus Kenny Omega, and what are your expectations for this match, Josh? Like, I know they're probably like unreal. Like, six stars. Six stars. All right. Six stars. It's, it's going to be on par with the fabled uh, Flair Steamboat match that nobody's seen. That Dave Meltzer says six stars, same level, except we're going to see it this time. Wow. So, so you saying a five star match would be a disappointment then? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying that Okada Omega is going to be better than Stone Cold and Bret Hart is going to be better than freaking Taker, HBK. It's, it's going to be the best the best match of all time, period. Wow. If it's not, then I'm canceling my New Japan world subscription. <laughs> that's that's got to be like um, the... Some of the some of the grandest pressure that I've ever heard uh, put on a match. Um, it Like, I... I just hope these guys don't go out there and just try to murder themselves to live up to those expectations. Go out there and, you know, see what feels right and just just let it happen. I've been watching some of their tag matches from the um, lead-up, uh, the New Japan tag tournament. tournament. Yeah, and they did a couple sequences in there, and it was just like, oh, my God, all their moves are like perfect counters for each other. And it's just like you can see it. Like the wheels are turning like they are going to have – a freaking classic like this this should be the match of the year if it's yeah. not we you know 
they, I won't call it a disappointment, but they might be each other's new rivals after this match. We'll just say that. Like, this might not be their only chance to get it right. Yeah, I guess for me, um, I don't, I just don't know who wins this because I've thought about it both ways. Like, it seems like if they don't have Omega go over, it's a waste of what they did character building with him. Yes, it's a waste of the entire year. (laughs) Right. But then I see this other part where I'm like, all right, it's New Japan. He's a gaijin. It's their WrestleMania. Okada's the ace. It's his first Wrestle Kingdom after being coordinated as the ace. He already put over Naito this past year. Um, I could see them putting him over. I mean, they did Hashi for years. Right. And, um, like, if you look it back when Tanahashi, quote-unquote, was supposed to kind of lose it to, to uh, Okada... What they did was had someone else beat Tanahashi right after, and then have Okada beat that dude for the title. Right. So could this be a right. case of then, that happening? Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about New Japan booking. They book in the long term. They're not booking television week to week like WWE is. So like when WWE makes a questionable decision. We get pissed because we know they don't know what they're doing either way. <laughs> like there is no right answer. Like, bro, I was I was um on our shoot Saturday thing. I was talking about how I'm I'm almost guaranteed to be upset by whoever wins the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah. Because like literally, there's no one that like is hot or anything like that. It's like the hottest guy is the champion. So yeah. what are you gonna make him do? Lose? So, but yeah, as you were saying. Um, just, um, yeah, I guess getting into the match itself, I mean, oh man, Kenny Omega, bro. I'm going back and I'm doing some rewatching. Anyone who's on the, our, uh, wrestling group, you guys have uh, seen my list. And I mean, there's a lot of Omega on the list. Yep. I already, I've seen a lot of his matches, but I'm looking at some of his more obscure stuff. Not, not the G1 win or, uh, uh, or if some of the G1 matches, some of his other stuff from earlier in the year. And I mean, it's a revelation seeing how good, and you know me, I'm old school. This guy is a selling machine. I don't think there's anyone that I can think of since Randy Savage that sells a body part as good as Omega. He will literally adjust his entire moveset based on what, what's been attacked in the match. And it's, it's incredible. Like I, I think when, when, and if he ever does go babyface, he's going to have so much sympathy uh-huh. It's going to be insane. But right now, the fact that he's able to do that and stay a heel and get his heat, it, 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 he, he's one of the best in the world today, for sure. Yeah, he, um, I saw his, the first, like, mention I ever heard of Kenny Omega was on Chris Jericho's podcast, and I forgot who was on it with him. And they were talking about how he had the match against a nine-year-old girl. And also, you know, he's wrestled a blow-up doll and all types of ridiculous stuff in DDT. The match against a nine-year-old girl, it was like, wow, this is what pro wrestling is about, as ironic as it is. It's, I'm like, this is like the essence of pro wrestling. It's like protecting your opponent, inherent sense of danger, and like, it's just, you know, suspending disbelief. And that was everything. I knew Kenny Omega would be, you know, I'd be seeing him somewhere. Um, I didn't know he would end up, you know, 
pretty much taking the mantle from AJ Styles, but you know, Omega has has stepped up in a big way. We're back after some technical difficulties. But um yeah, Kenny Omega is like absolutely phenomenal. Um he's only thirty three years old, so hopefully, you know, he'll get a chance to come to WWE at some point, but that doesn't like seem like his main goal. Yeah, there's there's some guys that say I'm I'm not going. Uh and I mean he hasn't outright said he's not going, but there's some guys that statements and then and then you see him show up. This is one of those guys where I, I when I hear him talk about either he's just a, a really he's working everybody or he's really serious about genuinely probably staying in Japan, which is what it sounds like to me, you know? Right. Now I have a major prediction for this match. Um <clears throat> aside from the fact I think Omega's gonna win. <clears throat> With Kota Bushi going to be, you know, He's going to be on the show earlier as Titan That's SW. Right. I am going to predict that Kota Ibushi walks out and challenges Kenny Omega either at the end of the Wrestle Kingdom show or the day after at New Year's Dash. And that'll be, you know, uh-huh. the next feud for Kenny Omega as a champion. They can finally get it on. Huh. Huh. What do you think of that? That's... Yeah, actually, I, uh, I, I've forgotten... Uh, about those photos of, uh, of, uh, man, he just says, I forget names all the time. What's wrong? Abushi. Abushi. Abushi posting, uh, photos of him pointing to the poster of Omega, um, with their history together. That does seem like that could be the next feud and it would make a lot of sense. So I, I in fact, I'm going to go one beyond that. I bet you not only does Omega win, but this time, not, I'm not saying he'll have a year-long reign, but this time next year, he'll have the title again. And they'll run him and Okada back, and Okada will get his big win back on the big stage, I bet. Yeah, uh, I, I could see that happening. Uh, that's, but, what, that's, that's probably what makes the most sense. And I could see hmm. Okada winning the G1, probably. He's probably due again. When's the last time he won it? Was it 2014? Uh... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, actually, Nakamura won it that year. No, it had to be because Okada had the briefcase to fight at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9 in 2015. He beat Nakamura in the finals, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I expect like at least a five-star match, maybe more. Um, these guys are, <laughs> you know, they, they know the weight of the world. Like, everyone's watching. Uh, like Gucci says, so everyone's watching. Um, the match that's going to be supporting uh, that match, like the the second main event, if you will, um, for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, is Tetsuya Naito versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And <clears throat> these guys, like they are stark contrasts. One represents the height of the establishment in Tanahashi, and then Naito is the give no fucks. Kind of, you know, the 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 role that we all want Roman Reigns to be, Naito is. Oh man, if they would if they would just book Roman Reigns like they did Naito this past year, it would it fix so many things for WWE. They have no idea. <laughs> they um because Naito's been Naito's been a revelation this year. Yep, 
and and he's essentially become the new Nakamura um, in in New Japan. Not like so much in the ring, but as far as his mystique and his you know kind of appeal to someone that's not watching New Japan regularly. First, his entrance, like he comes out dressed in this in this suit, and he's wearing a like mask. So it's like, hold on, something's off with this guy. And then he just kind of takes so long to get started, and he just. He stunts on people. It's it's hilarious. Like when he does the thing where he poses, like where he's laying on the ground, and it's just yeah, that guy is like he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, his antics are over the top. They're they are hilarious. I think going to uh to CMLL for that period of time doing his excursion that really was probably eye opening with all the pageantry and everything that goes down there. No pun intended. Uh, and. What? He said it was eye-opening. I said, no pun intended. Oh, yeah. Yeah, eye-opening. No pun intended. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, yeah, like, what he's done with his character work this past year, um, I mean, we always knew the guy could work, but they were booking him as a, as a white meat baby face. Right. And, uh, the crowd was not behind that, you know? Right. And, uh, and they try to stick with it, too, which is the funny thing. They try to stick with it, just like WWE's been trying to stick with it with Roman Reigns all these years. And uh, it just, it never connected, you know? They turn the guy, and all of a sudden, he's the, 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 number, the number one or number two hottest act in their entire promotion. Right, and on the flip side of that is Tanahashi kind of coming off a year where he was injured, where he was kind of phased down a little bit. And I always made the comments like, they say Tanahashi's slowing down, but when it comes to these big matches, he's always having great big matches. Like, the match against Marafuji was awesome. The match against Okada was awesome. Oh. The Omega match was awesome. Like, like this guy's still going strong. It's like, wh- where's the slowdown? Awesome. Yes, the Sonata match, yes. It's like, where's this guy slowing down? And then you see, you know, he's doing a lot of tag teams. He's They're kind of keeping him so he can... He can work basically twice a year. He can do the G1, and then he'll be ready for Wrestle Kingdom, and then he'll give you, like, another maybe two big matches somewhere. Um, I'm expecting this guy, like, to, you know, when I look at Tanahashi, I would say, you know, he's like John Cena meets Shawn Michaels in a way. It's just like he's always going to be there in a big match, and he's ridiculously (laughs) athletic. Uh, you know, I've got an Okada one like that, too. It's like, Okada's like Randy Orton meets Edge, and then with, yeah. like, uh, with someone that, with more jumping off the top rope, uh, with Okada, and... And with, and with the best dropkick in the entire industry, even better than AJ Styles. Of all time. Like, <laughs> because remember, <laughs> that guy's like 6'3", or 6'4", something like that, so it's like, he's really up there. Uh, Tanahashi, I'm thinking that he's going to go ahead and take this title from Naito. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to ever uh, root against Tanahashi on the big stage, you know. Um, and I don't think Naito, I'm, I'm looking back, I don't think Naito's won a major match at Wrestle Kingdom. I know he had that match with AJ Styles, uh few years ago yeah and uh i know he wrestled okada for the iwgp title yeah yeah this um, might be a time to make naito huh yeah this might be a time to make naito I, it seems like tanahashi could handle the loss naito's their top merchandise guy 
it would be it would be strange to me if they didn't put Naito over after. But then again, you know what? They don't always do conventional booking, so it's really hard to say for sure. I, I my prediction is Naito uh, probably goes over. There's probably going to be some um, foolishness and outside interference, even though people don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see Los Ignorables screwing uh, Tanahashi for sure. If it leads to more Sonata versus Tanahashi, sign me up. Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, they, they feuded uh, a bit this past year. Um, but this goes even deeper to all that. The big story was that when they brought Naito in three or four years ago, they were booking him to be the next Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point. They wanted him to be their guy. Um, it seemed more so than Okada, uh-huh. but the fans didn't buy it. You know, that's why that's why I was making that comparison to Roman Reigns. Like they're tr- they were trying to make him their their top guy, and it just would not happen. Um, so this is like if John so, Cena fought like, Roman Reigns this year at WrestleMania, right? It's it's almost that's a great illustration for fans that aren't familiar with the product. That's exactly what it would be like, except for they would have to turn Roman heel. Right, and he had to be really hot. (laughs) Look, he'd have to be really hot and really beloved, and 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 really uh, selling much more merchandise than he is now. Yeah, with Um, a stable of guys around him. I don't think Tanahashi needs the title. I think Naito does. I think that Naito and Los Ignorables, they're over right now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he is like Nakamura at this point. And I think if he beats him, it puts him on the same level as Omega and Tanahashi if he, if he beats him. So I think that they're going to go with Naito this year. All right. Cool, man. And so... they've, wrestled, um, they've wrestled a few other times. Um, I know we're going to move on, but one last thing. And they typically had four to four and a half star matches, so I'm expecting it to be at least in that range. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call like four and a half, maybe four point seven five with these guys, because you know Tanahashi, he's not really here for the fuck shit when it when it comes to big matches. <laughs> like he's gonna be he, like he's Tanahashi. Like it, it, that's all you, that's all you really gotta hear. If you've never watched this guy, like you know he's a little bit past his um, um prime right now, but his prime literally lasted until he was thirty nine years old. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you can't Rick really status. yeah. Like um, <clears throat> the the next match on the card is uh Katsuyori Shibata versus Hiroki Goto. So this, in my opinion, like to compare it to an American match, would be probably like Cesaro versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, oh wow! I, I see Shibata as being like this guy. Like, to for you, background on who Shibata is, he's like a regular sized guy that fights with all the strong style. Like you know, they call Nakamura the king of strong style. It's like that's like the commercial version of 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 what uh, Shibata <laughs> really is. Shibata's like that underground, like the the real. King of Strong Style, like, that's Shibata. Like, he's kicking you directly in the chest. He's hitting you in the face. He's, like, he's on another level. And he's just a regular-sized guy, and it's like, wow. He's he's the walking case of CTE. But, <laughs> wow. Um, wow. He, he's going to be... Tell the truth. You're right. Tell the truth. Um, he is the never-open-weight uh, champion, which is kind of like, you know, the... 
if if we were talking, yeah, it's like the European title, U.S. title kind of level, like the third belt. Um, and he's going to be defending against Hiroki Goto, the guy who always kind of comes up short, kind of like Dolph Ziggler. He's had right. how how many IWGP title matches has he had, Josh? Like seven. I think seven, yeah. Okay. I was actually about to say that, yeah. Okay, he's had seven IWGP matches. He is... He's not really exciting or anything like that, but I can tell you he has awesome theme music. In the ring he is. Yes, and in the ring, he's like... His moveset is absolutely insane for a guy his size. Like, when it comes to like using power moves and everything like that, this could be a show-stealer right here. It could be. Um... There are some issues I have with it. Uh, Goto and Shibata both had pretty pretty good years. Shibata had an incredible year. Um, I don't know if you were following, but he had that feud with all the the grumpy old men from yes. uh, New Japan. From they were Noah. The New Japan dads. From Noah. No, 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 not the Noah feud. That came after. He had the feud with. Uh, he was fighting. Oh, um, uh, Yuji Nagata. Kojima, Nagata. Um, uh, he didn't end up wrestling Nakajima, but somebody else. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was they. They were going to teach this after he feuded with Ishii last year. Oh my gosh, um, we got to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so the Ishii matches. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Oh my gosh, it, when I watched it last year, I was like, this looks so painful. This look, this is incredible. This is just like. It felt like you were sitting in the ring with them just watching it because it came through the screen, like the level of physicality and the violence. And I'm a huge Ishii fan. Like, I, I am too. I love Ishii. Um, he's an incredible talent. Um, yeah, I'm not as hot on those matches as everybody else is. Um, I actually think that those two guys are capable of doing a better match, you know? Um, to me, it's not the it's not the striking that bothers me like it does some people because I, I love the violence. I'm all about that. <laughs> it's the lack of logic. It's the lack of logic in those matches. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Which I get. I get the story. It's about who's tougher, who can take more. So so but I hate it when two guys just stand there. and He's like, here, here's an open shot. Hit me. Uh-huh. All right, suplex me. All right, I'm gonna sit down and let you kick me. Nah, man, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right, right. But. But uh, I watched both those matches actually this week. Um, that match and uh, the one from uh, the New Beginning in Sendai. Actually, I, th- I think the New Beginning in Sendai is a much better match. Believe it or not. Oh yeah. Um, it's you saw that one too. I believe I did. It was just so long ago. It, uh, the it. first half of the match. It's a twenty-minute match. It's great. It's I think it was the uh, main event that year at the New Beginning. Um, the first half is exactly like the, the Wrestle Kingdom match, so I mean you'll love that. But the second half showed me that these guys are capable of what what I would call a five star match if they really wanted to, because I mean they really really go at it. The second half, so I mean yeah, those, but the, those matches what now that I've detracted from one thing, I will say they're the kind of matches where if you talk to someone like wrestling's fake, you show them that match. <laughs> Nothing like those. Um, so like the, as far as Shibata Shibata and Goto, I think, um, at this point they have to start looking at, you know, whether they're going to shit or get off the pot with Shibata. Um, they can, 
put the boat on Goto and reward him for, you know, always coming up short. He, he was the runner-up in the G1 this year. He um, did, lost to Okada and then joined his group, so he was sunned, in a sense. And he basically, he's always coming up short. Like, he, you know, Goto really got put on the map for me when he actually beat Nakamura. Uh, for the um, Intercontinental title a couple of years ago. So I think this would be a good good spot to change the title and then start building Shibata for the New Japan Cup maybe or even the G1 if they get, you know, really frisky with them. Well, you know, there's there's history between these two guys. They're from the same generation of uh, guys that came in and broke into the uh, into New Japan. They were actually tag team uh, champions together. Uh, back in, I think, like, 04, 05, something, or, like, 03, 04. Um, so there's history there, and then, um, when you mention that they're like Cesaro and Dolph Ziggler, that's interesting, because there is that dynamic right now. If you put Ziggler and, uh, Cesaro in a WrestleMania match, it would kind of be like, who's gonna be the guy that gets established? Who's gonna have the WrestleMania moment, you know? Right. That, that's what this is like. Goto has been having amazing matches, He's been having good feuds. These two actually have had several uh, four-plus matches throughout the years in the G1 and things like that. Um, but it's kind of like Shibata left and did MMA for and left the company when they're in financial crisis. And only now in the past year have they started to really establish him. Uh, actually, they only just signed him. Even though he was working for them for a few years, they only signed him to an exclusive contract last year. Mm-hmm. And we weren't sure if they were going to actually go with him because of the hard feelings of him a, a jumping ship and abandoning them. And then Goto has been the workhorse, the guy who never beats Nakamura. He never beats Okada. He never beats Tanahashi. And when he does, they get the win back. And they always, they always look better in those matches. Even when he beats them, he's only squeaking it out, you know? Right. Um, it's by the skin of his teeth. So it's kind of like, are they going to go with the guy that's been there the whole time? and who they've booked to look weaker than their top guys, are they finally going to allow him to step out? Or has, Shib- or has uh, Shibata redeemed himself at this point? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think, I think Shibata would be, he, he would be, he can take a loss, I feel like. Um, he's, he's, he's had an awesome year, pretty much beating everyone the whole year. So if he lost here, it could just be looked at as a chance for elevation for him. Yeah. Um, Shibata probably doesn't need to be in the Never Division anymore. Um, I think he held it down this past year with those feuds I was talking about. The, uh, you know, he had the excellent series of matches with those, with New Japan Dads. The Eugene Nagata match was especially good. And then, uh, the feud he had with Noah, which I am disappointed that he's not wrestling someone from Noah at Wrestle Kingdom, because it seemed like they were going that direction. But, uh, he, he's a main eventer at this point. He's a big match guy. And uh, I, I could definitely see him, like you said, winning the New Japan Cup or even having a uh, going to like a G1 Finals this year. Mm-hmm. So Goto prob- Goto's probably going to be the guy that holds down the Never Division. I see him winning in like a four-star, four-and-a-half-star match probably. Right. All right, those are the three pretty much big matches, but other like knocking on that door and also a threat to seal the show is going to be the IWGP Junior Heavyweight uh, match now. I... Um, it's going to be the champion, uh, Kushida, who defeated Kenny Omega last year, uh, against Hiromu Takahashi, who formerly w- was Kamatachi. 
And Kamatachi, baby. Right. I, I don't know as much about Kamatachi, so can you explain um, the the um, significance for this match, Josh? Well, um, New Japan has uh, this program, kind of, I guess, sort of similar to NXT, called the Young Lions uh, program. What they do is, after someone has wrestled as like a young boy or you know as a young lion in New Japan for a few years. They will typically send some of their stars out on excursions to different uh, areas of the world. That's what they did with uh, Takahashi. They sent him to CMLL, who they have a working relationship with. And he's been there for the last two or three years um, working as Kamatachi. He worked under a mask. And then he had a series of matches um, with Dragon Lee over in CMLL. Uh And uh, I'm I'm not big on those matches. There is one that I saw from uh, March of this year that is pretty excellent, but they, their feud is very similar to Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid, hmm. and they have short 15-minute matches that are just universally praised, and I mean, they wrestled, uh, I think it's 12 times in the last 16 months. Um, right. It's probably, from like an insider standpoint, maybe the hottest feud in wrestling, believe it or not. So there's a lot of hype for the for Kamatachi as a character um, internationally, and now that he's back and he's with Los Ignorables, um it seems like they're they're getting ready to, to go with him as a as a heel character in that theater division. Right. Um, he. I'm just looking at a picture of this guy. He has like this wild kind of jacket on. It's like looks like he has spray paint, and it's like white, and it has all these colors, and he has his tongue out to the side. He looks like kind of a colorful character. Um, so I don't really know much about this guy, but I'm interested to see what the hell, uh, he's going on. He came out of that time bomb, uh, last year to basically challenge Kushida, and Kushida's, like, literally a, a walking back to the future gimmick. Um, he's ridiculously athletic, and he's, he's super small, and he, he, they're trying to make him, like, you know, the Tanahashi of the juniors. Uh, I have, I've enjoyed his work, but I've never really, like, you know, sunk my teeth into Kushida like like a ricochet or someone like that. Uh, but uh, from from what I understand, that's the uh, that's the prevailing thought just across the board. Even though we're not as familiar with the product as say the people in Japan, from what I understand, that's been the prevailing thought. They enjoy Kushida, they like his work, but he's not that over over there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, and yeah. and so that's so it's funny that you pick up on that. Just watching him probably three or four or five times a year, right? You can already sense the same thing that that pretty much they say about him right now. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens in this match. I'm I'm just gonna pick uh, the guy Takahashi to win because you know, I Kashida's been a champion for literally like a year now, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, you guys have come off the belt, bro. Yeah, uh, the thing with um. Takahashi and Kushida, they, they do have uh, deferring movesets. I think what you're going to see with Takahashi is some literally insane high-flying stuff. Um, he does high-flying, but not high-flying like, say, a, a Will Ospreay or a Ricochet. This guy nearly kills himself every time. Well, sign me up. He does some, like, I've seen him do sentons, I've seen him do 450s to the outside that are like to the to the cement to the concrete. It's insane. Wow. And then you got Kushida working his uh, you know, his mat based. I mean, he he does some high flying, but I mean, he's 
super quick. He does a lot of submission-based, a lot of MMA-inspired wrestling. I think that they'll have a, a good match, but I think that this is going to be the year of Los Ignorables. That's just the way I see it. I think they're going to try to get that entire stable over. And so that's why I, I see Takahashi taking it for sure. Plus, if they want to build Kushida, he needs to chase Takahashi this year. And uh-huh. maybe maybe come back in the New Japan or in the uh, best of the senior uh, Super best juniors. of the Super Juniors tournament, and then uh, and then face him again probably. All right. Um, the next match, uh, like I said, we're gonna start blowing through these other ones a little quicker now. Uh, the IWGP Tag Team Heavyweight Championship match is uh, the team of G.O.D., so Tangaroa and Tama Tonga, a.k.a. some of Roman Reigns' relatives. Um, um, uh, against, <laughs> well, I think they are, um, versus uh, Yano and Ishii and versus uh, Tomoaki Hanma and Togi Makabe. So when I just look at the picture of all these guys, it's like the face-painted dudes versus the blonde-haired dudes versus uh, an absolute clown and the most serious guy walking on the planet. So Yano, Yano and Ishii being a tag team, to me, is just absolutely hilarious. I don't, like, this Tor- if you guys haven't seen Toru Yano, this guy is, like, everything from Santino, but, like, he's, like, a fat guy, too, but he can wrestle. So it's, it's weird. <laughs> With him, um, we see yeah. our guy Ishii is in this match, and he's in a tag team title match, pretty much multiple man matches, you guys can see. And you one, know, of, one of the biggest disappointments of the year. Yeah, like Ishii kind of got left out, but I feel like he's going to be on somebody's ass immediately, whether it be Kenny Omega or anything like that. Like I, I feel like we're going to see Omega and Ishii at some point this year. Oh man, I love Ishii. He's, you know what? Uh... <clears throat> And I just thought of this, too. Um, you know, Michael Elgin um, is not on this card um, at all because his uh, orbital bone is still broken. But right. they had a match at G1 last year that was freaking insane. I would, lo- I, I wish that he was here. I wish those two guys could have gone at it because um, it seems like a uh, almost a waste. I, I mean, it's the big show, so it's hard to get everybody uh, into singles matches, you know. But, man, Ishii is one of their... They're best wrestlers, and uh, it does seem somewhat of a waste to put him in this tag title match. As long as he but, gets to go know, out he, there against Makabe and Hama, two guys he's had five-star matches that's against, what, yeah. that's going to be interesting, like, I think. Those matches, those matches ain't five-stars. I, I was just saying that's what they were rated, so... Uh, it's gonna it'll be it'll be, a, it'll be a callback uh, to to a couple of those, you know. And Hama's like the ridiculous underdog character that everyone loves. He's kind of like Zack Ryder, but if Zack Ryder was a way better wrestler, um, except I think he wins now, doesn't he? He does. So the magic yeah. is kind of gone. Uh, so yeah. any prediction on this one, Josh? Uh, you know, as we get further down the card, I'm gonna. Come less. I'm familiar with all these guys. Um, I don't really, I don't like uh, the God guys, uh, Tonga Roa, Tonga from from the tag matches I've seen, been severely underwhelmed. But I heard that they had some great matches during the uh, tournament this past December. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll be pleasantly surprised if this ends up being a good match. But it does seem like with a triple threat tag team match with these guys, it could be good, but. 
I'm not I'm not holding my breath for it, you know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take um, the champions to go ahead and retain. Yeah, I don't really know who they. It seems like uh, for New Japan, their tag division has never really been a. Uh, they've never really been a tag territory. It seems like so. I don't even know who they want to put the titles on. I I doubt it's Ishii. Um, they could go ahead and put it on Hanma and uh, Makabe again, but they're probably going to leave it on the the Gorillas of Destiny, probably. All right. So the next match is the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship match, which kind of just conveniently gets placed in the middle of the card here, like for no particular reason. <laughs> um, and it's Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Kyle O'Reilly had a great showing in the Best of Super Juniors earlier uh, last year. Adam Cole, obviously a Ring of Honor fame. Two Gaijin for a championship. We saw this last year with um, Michael Elgin and Jay Lethal, and they I want to say they got about 10 or 12 minutes, and it just didn't quite, you know, connect. It was like a, a match in a big building. That's, that's pretty much what it was, and, and they just looked at these guys kind of like underneath guys. What are you expecting out of these one, these guys, uh, Josh? Well, um, th- this match has a couple things going for it and a couple things against it. Uh, one... The Ring of Honor, or I'm sorry, the New Japan crowd is actually familiar with both of these guys at the post. So last year, when they, they'd only just recently seen Elgin have a great showing in the G1, but they didn't really know Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. They didn't really care about the Ring of Honor title. They weren't promoting as many New Japan Ring of Honor shows. So they didn't really care, you know? Right. Um, whereas with Adam Cole, he is a member of the, uh, the Bullet Club. Right. Which is... They, they've seen him wrestle. He's worked some Japan dates. And they love Kyle O'Reilly over there. Because, uh, like you said, he's had two amazing showings in uh, the Best of the Senior G. G- uh, I always mess that freaking tournament up. <laughs> the BOSJ tournament. Right. Uh, he had some amazing matches with Shibata this past year. Um, I think it was at Dominion or it might have been at King of Pro Wrestling. I don't remember. But... Um, the, the, the big thing that's going against it, though, is they just blew this feud off in December. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole wrestled, uh, I think it was at, I don't remember the Ring of Honor, because um, I don't follow them as much as Final battle? Them. They just had a, yeah, it was final battle. That was supposed to be the final battle. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had a great match, and uh, O'Reilly lifted the title off him in a no-DQ match, so... It's like the heat's kind of gone from from uh, and they haven't been feuding in, in New Japan at all, really. Um, I've seen Adam, so Adam Cole. Know, okay. What's that? I've seen Adam Cole a couple times, and to me, he kind of just looks like a guy. Uh, he's he's pretty good. Um, there's nothing that special about him. I think, uh, and I could be wrong on this, but this is kind of a, a case where the Bullet Club kind of makes him more than he's making the Bullet Club. Gotcha. Kind of like the old NWO. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it should be a decent match, but I won't be surprised if the New Japan audience isn't that behind it. They should get more behind it than they did with Elgin and Jay Lethal last year. Cool. So, I'm going you know, I'm I'm mean, to like, take if, O'Reilly. If we dropped two... Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be... Well, actually... There are rumors that Kyle O'Reilly's uh, contract is up, and that might be the reason they're having this match. Hmm. That would make sense. So that might be a reason. If he doesn't sign a new deal, they might drop the title back on Adam Cole. (laughs) 
So um, the next match on the, on the card will be the IWGP Junior Tag Team match featuring the Young Bucks, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson against Rapungi Vice and uh, Trent Beretta. That's it. That's it? That's it. It's not a four-way. It's not. <laughs> it's not a four-way. So you, traditionally the um, the junior tag is is left with like a fatal four way tag team deal and they all go and do a million flips and everything just happens. Uh, Trent Beretta described it as just a simple tag this year. Two humans fighting two two humans. Maybe Jim Ross won't even hate it. So <laughs> um, I you know I'm an unabashed mark for the Young Bucks. Everything they do, I'm I'm pretty much down with it. Uh, the Bucks have had the title for. 180 days after they kept ridic- changing hands a ridiculous amount of times. Um, I'm always down with the Young Bucks. Um, never really been huge on Rapungi Vice. Uh, I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not huge on Rapungi Vice either. I, I like uh, Romero better than Beretta. I'm not. Um, this could. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Um,. I think it'll be a fun and energetic match, uh, but that's about it. I, I, again, with the tag division, they've kept the titles on uh, they kept the titles on the Young Bucks for so long. But before that, they were just hot shot in the title. It seems like there's no clear direction ever with that uh, division, so it really doesn't matter who wins. <laughs> yeah. So over or under how many super kicks? Ten point five. <laughs> yeah. Be in excess to ten super kicks for sure. And uh, wait, coming from the young bucks or coming or just all around? Coming from the young bucks. Let's go with that. Uh, okay, because I was gonna say there's gonna be more than that if it's just all around. <laughs> um, yeah, there should be some crazy stuff. It, it might actually be a sleeper, you know, hit of of the show. It's it's a good it's a good match and it's got a good place on the card. I don't expect it to go overly long. It's gonna be you know. I'm gonna take like fifteen super stars. I'm gonna take fifteen super kicks from the Young Bucks. Mm, that's yeah, that's probably right. So the next match <laughs> is gonna be Cody Rhodes versus Juice Shawn, Robinson. Sean Sean Michaels would roll over in his grave if he was not if he was not alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, we have Cody, just Cody, making his debut in New Japan. Against Juice Robinson. Um, now this is kind of weird because, like Cody, Cody is you know everybody knows he left WWE and he's been working on the indies and he's recently turned heel, which his heel turn was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you you caught the video of it, Josh, but it was just like one In for Ring the of ages. Honor? Yes, it was one for the ages. Well, it was. What, when was it? Was it the match with Jay Lethal? Yes. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, he um he instead of the American Dream, he is now the American Nightmare and the newest member of the Bullet Club, another new Bullet Club guy. Um, what are you expecting out of this match, Josh? Um, well, let me just say, hats off to Cody bringing nepotism back to the NBS. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know what? Uh, I don't know Juice Robinson that well. Uh, from what I hear, he's kind of like a jobber basically. Okay, you remember um, C.J. Parker? Yeah, he is C.J. Yeah, Parker. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, 
Yeah, I, for, I actually forgot because his hair's dark now. Right. This could be a lot like the Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens debuted in NXT. I imagine it will be something similar to that, where they, if they're well, at least if they're smart, they'll try to book Cody like the American Nightmare and just have him freaking roll over Juice Robinson on the big stage. Yeah, maybe they think Cody Rhodes is AJ Styles for some weird reason, and they'll <laughs> they'll just let him he's destroy not, him. Yeah, he's not AJ he's Styles, not. but maybe they'll they'll do that, and then he'll end up getting to work his match that he wants against Shibata at some point. Who knows? But it's just kind of a regular match. I I think they'll probably go five to eight minutes, and you know, see what what they do. But they're saying Juice Robinson has been much improved. Um, since he's gone to New Japan, he's been doing a lot of tag team work with Tanahashi. He's pretty much Tanahashi's young boy at this point. And um, I'm, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that Cody. I'm not looking for uh, a fantastic match here, or ring work, or anything like that. I'm, I'm looking for him to make an impact with the crowd, and right. for him to establish a character, a good character. <laughs> right. He's had so many characters over the years. I just want to see a persona come through that resonates where people will get behind him because, I mean, he left WWE. He's in, he's in New Japan now. Um, I would love to see him have one of those big WrestleMania entrances where people see him and they, they're like, okay, this is someone important, you know? He's a star. He's a star. Yeah, this needs to be a, like a star establishing, I don't want to say making, but like establishing performance from Cody from the entrance to his character work all that so the following match we have the never six-man title featuring david finley ricochet and kojima versus bushi evil and sonata of los ingobernables versus jado yoshihashi will osprey versus bad luck fale yujihiro and hangman page so if you guys didn't get it this is essentially the replacement for the junior fatal four-way they're having a six-man uh with Six-man title with four different teams. So, and... It, it's a gauntlet match. Yes. It, oh, it's a gauntlet. Yeah, it's not a Fatal 4, it's gauntlet. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say, um, <laughs> they're, they're doing some, uh, you know, crazy stuff here. So, what I think is going to happen in this match, I feel like we're going to get a, um, a point where Osprey and Ricochet recreate all their, you know, their stuff from last year that went viral. Aside from that, I don't really have much of a uh, of an opinion here, except Los Angeles and Alves will probably win. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, that makes the most sense because they're they're at the stable right now, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the rest of these teams are pretty random, actually. Aside from uh, the Bullet Club. Yeah. But they've I, got like they got all this all the C players from the Bullet Club. Yeah, they gotta. I think they're keeping Ricochet kind of like just hidden off and using him for special occasions because they know he's not long for the company. Like he's he's gonna be out of well, there. Matt, Matt Seidel screwed that up. Oh yeah, yeah, your buddy. Um. <laughs> I, I I do love him, but uh, it's unfortunate that he's not on the big card right now. And uh, yeah, at this match, I don't expect much from it at all. Um, like you said, that's a good call to see some of the high flying stuff from. Ricochet and Will Ospreay, but what what do you think is supposed to happen with Ricochet? You think he's coming to WWE? At some point, I feel like he'll he will be in WWE. Um, he he uh, he came out in an interview recently, said he doesn't want to go the cruiserweight route. Like you know, that's cool for the guys that are doing it, but he wants to be like NXT champion. He wants to be like uh, the Intercontinental champion. 
which is smart because why would you want to wrestle in that cruiserweight division? Like they obviously don't care. Like, and sure. it's, it's, it's gotten better recently and it's just starting to like turn the wheels. And it w- I feel like it would take a lot for them to convince, Hey, Ricochet, come in here. We'll use you right in it. But if he sticks to his guns and goes the NXT route, he'll be perfectly fine. He'll be NXT's next big star. Yeah. Plus, you know, um, I don't know if you, if let's say you bring Ricochet and you bring, you bring him in a 205 Live or whatever. Is that going to prepare him for the big stage, you know, when the, when he eventually does want to try to transition to the, you know, quote-unquote main roster or whatever? I don't think so, you know? Uh-huh. I can't see him going from wrestling like Neville and Rich Swan to wrestling Roman Reigns. Yeah. But you bring him in, the, you bring him in NXT... Then transitioning from his indie style, he learns the WWE style. He slows his work down just a tad bit, but he, you know what I mean. Like then he's on the same path as Sami Zayn and you know Seth Rollins, those guys, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. Does that make sense to me? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this sense. match would probably be just like this match would probably be trash. <laughs> Buns, as they say. Um, and then our final match, the opening match of the evening, Tiger Mask W versus Tiger Mask Dark, which is going to be Kota Ibushi under the Tiger Mask W match, um, fighting Tiger Mask Dark, which is a guy named ACH, from, um, formerly of Ring of Honor. Um, I feel like, you know, we're going to get that Kota Ibushi showcase. He's going to do all the Kota Ibushi moves and beat him pretty quick. Yeah, um, I, I was reading, and uh, when he had his... His last Tiger Mask W match, the I guess the mask that they gave him was giving Abushi a lot of trouble. So, not much to report on this match, but I heard they're going to change the mask at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. And um, oh, there's one more match for us to talk about. The match yeah. of the the, the, the best yeah. match on the card, the most entertaining My match on the match card. Of the night. What was that? My favorite match of the night. Yes. The New Japan Rambo, the traditional pre-show Royal Rumble uh, Battle Royal match. Uh, last year they brought Ming out there, and they they basically rawed all the legends and and just old guys. They brought the great Kabuki out there. Uh, he had to get disqualified because he couldn't take a bump or something like that in a battle oh, royal. Yeah. Like it was awesome. Like <laughs> they, they did the same thing with Iron Sheik at WrestleMania 17. They couldn't uh, they couldn't dump him over the top rope, so he had to win. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was, not Ming, it was Haku last year. I take that back. Um, so we, yeah. we're, we're probably going to see, a, like... That, that man's a member of the Bullet Club. Right, right. Yeah, you want no <laughs> problems with him. Uh, you're going to have probably, like, Jushin Liger will be out there, um, Yuji Nagata. Nagata. All the old guys, like... Uh, Nakanishi, uh, Bone Soldier, a.k.a. Captain New Japan, yeah. who is now a member of, uh... The Bullet Club. If there, if you need any proof that the Bullet Club is becoming the NWO, Bone Soldier is one of those <laughs> clues right there. Oh man, that's like Louis Piccoli joining the NWO. Um, <laughs> they yeah, you you might get Fujiwara and you know doing all the yep. all the stuff that from last year I think he did, but it's it's a very fun you'll, match. You'll get you'll get some you'll get some of the young lions, and then you'll you'll get some uh, you know just some. Fun. It's kind of like the gimmick battle royal from WrestleMania 17. Right. Basically the same idea. Yeah, and and last year I think it was Jado that won it. 
So we'll see who wins this year. I'd like them to, to, to just go ahead and let, let Liger win. You know, so, you know. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's Wrestle Kingdom 11. I think we're going to be in for an incredible show. Uh, what, are, what are your overall expectations of this show, Josh? Oh, hello? I think Josh is having some technical Okay, so Josh, what was your uh, what's going to be your overall in like prediction for this show? Like, or is this going to be like one of the best shows of the year? Yeah, uh, I do think it'll be one of the best shows of the year. Um, kind of looking over the card, I'm really excited about the top four or five matches, but at the same time. I don't know necessarily that it's going to be as good. I mean, it has some big shoes to follow the last two Wrestle Kingdoms. Yeah. Um, I think it'll beat WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, especially if, if they go, you know, the route that they want to go at WrestleMania right now. But um, they... One thing about New Japan is they're always prepared. Uh, even if things go wrong, they have a great backup plan, and they make you they utilize their stars. You don't see them having to bring in, um, you know, they don't have to roll out. They don't have to roll out Tatsumi Fujinami to come main event. Like it's like, <laughs> you know, like they don't have to bring out the great Muda to fight, you know, Okada like in the main event right now. Like it's like these guys are made. These are you their guys. What's smart about New Japan is they bring in those outsiders during G1. Uh-huh. They make the G1 more prestigious by bringing in outsiders, but you're not going to see Marafuji headlining Wrestle Kingdom. It's just not going to happen. You know, right. They're not going to bring in uh, Minoru Suzuki at this point, and even though he's a New Japan guy, like they're not going to bring him in from a year-long excursion in Noah. Which I'm sad. I'm sad he's not on the show, by the way, because I love uh, Suzuki, but they're not going to have him headline. That's just not what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. WWE does that crap. At f- how many years now? Has it been five years, yeah, six years? it's been ridiculous. And they've been doing this? Yep. And, uh, you know, and like you said, they're prepared. I mean, dude, just one year ago, they lost AJ Styles. They lost Nakamura. They lost Guns and Gallows. Uh, for for most of the year, they lost Ibushi. Like, bro, I, I, yeah, guys. exactly. Like, I thought they would be like devastated. Like, like you don't lose that much talent, and they were like, oh, okay, we've got all these guys ready to go, and it's like, we'll just we'll just we'll just elevate all of our other stars that we've been, you know, keeping down. And yeah, if WWE could just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm super stoked. I think that this card overall, when you're just looking at the match quality, I mean, there's no way that this this isn't going to be an incredible night, an incredible uh, morning for me. Yep. Because uh, Josh, you're gonna watch the show live at three thirty, right? Yeah, it's always hard because I think Japan's a day ahead, so I think when it's there. July fourth, I think, or January fourth. I think it's January third at three thirty for us. Uh huh. If that's right. Okay, I think it's Wednesday night at three thirty. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not sure, so we'll see. It, I, I've, they got this new on the New Japan World. They got a new push notification app that I just downloaded, so gotcha. I shouldn't miss it this time. <laughs> they um. 
uh, yeah, we're we're gonna wa I'm going to watch it uh, for the first time and try to avoid all these spoilers um, and pictures and literally everything else on the internet for like three days. It's it, gonna be hard if there's a five star match, Rich. It is because I feel like it's gonna be everywhere. Folks in the group are gonna be talking, getting tagged and stuff, and it's like, oh, what am I clicking on? Oh, great. <laughs> so. Uh, we're gonna watch the show Sunday, so we'll probably come back with our thoughts um, next week. But yeah, it was it was a fun show. It was good having you on, Josh. Uh, this is going to be Wrestle Kingdom, and you know, this is gonna be like the the show of the year. But that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. We will see you next time. Peace.